You are listening to a fucking Spurs podcast. Brought to you by the Eavesdrop Studios Podcast Network at eavesdropstudios.com. Where eavesdropping is okay as long as you tell everybody what you heard. San Antonio Spurs Nation. ¿Cómo estás? ¿Qué dices? How are you doing? What is up, Spurs Nation? On today's episode, we're going to go ahead and break down game one and game two of the preseason versus Miami and Detroit. Mostly Detroit, because I just saw Detroit play right now and Miami uh, was a few days ago. But we're going to get into both. Don't you worry. We're going to talk about um, DeMar DeRozan. You know, be patient. You know, that's the big word, the key word, word of the day, word of the week, word of the season. Be patient with him. He's an all star. It'll come. We're going to talk about some of the different lineups that uh, the Spurs played with from game one to game two. Um, we're going to debate. You know, I'm going to put a rest of this whole Pau Gasol and Jakob Potal debate. Who's better and whatnot. This is just a stupid, stupid debate uh, that I had on Twitter. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the roles that these guys have. Derek White's ready. Um, and what, you know, these two games really showed us. Uh in the preseason and we still got a few more games left in the preseason before we open up with Minnesota and I think by that time we're still going to be experimenting with starting lineups you know that's going to be a process um but we're going to talk about all that and more um on a bucking spurs podcast but first sire nova drop that beat for me player So the Spurs just faced off against the Detroit Pistons uh, in game two of the preseason. And there was quite a few things to take from this game and, and really analyze and break down. I mean, if you saw the game right off the bat, you know, you were a little bit surprised by the people who were starting the game compared to uh, the game against Miami. Uh, Miami, we went traditional. We went big. We went Powell, LaMarcus, Rudy Gay, a lot of length. Um, DeMar DeRozan and DeJounte Murray as your backcourt, which doesn't provide a lot of spacing or shooting, um, but provides great high-low game, right? So we saw a lot of that, a lot of uh, low post touches for LaMarcus Aldridge in game one, and it was pretty much the flip side, the other side of the coin for game two. I mean, start in the starting lineup, we took out Rudy Gay and Pau Gasol. We inserted Jakob Podol. Uh, and Patty Mills and that was extremely interesting never in my 
uh, contemplation of Spurs lineups did I ever think about this one. And Pop went in the media and he was saying, you know what, we don't, we don't, we're not looking at lineups and we're just looking at who's playing well and we're looking at, we'll look at who plays well together a little bit later, right? And, and that's true. That's something that's going to take a lot of time uh, throughout the season. But this lineup was very interesting. Um, the move in particular, um, well, we'll start off with uh, Jakob starting over Pau Gasol. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bucking Spurs Pod. I got into it a little bit within with another Spurs fan. It's all love, um, who was saying that Jakob should be starting, that he's better than Pau Gasol, and um, I uh, had to uh, disagree with that. Jakob, he's not better than Pau Gasol. We just want him to be better than Pau Gasol because I don't think we enjoy in the lineup person not that we don't enjoy him playing for us because we love him and, and i'm telling you it's a blessing to have him on our team the veteran leadership the experience uh and late in the game in big situations i want him on the floor don't get me wrong but everyone's kind of moving towards this new era of spurs basketball and we want to see youth on the floor so that's why you want to see Jakob because i'll tell you this um Pau gasol is a better shooter a better passer a better dribbler um, Jakob probably got some on the rebounding. Um, Pau Gasol is is a better, uh, he's a smarter player on both ends of the floor. If you look at Jakob on the defensive end, he's kind of, you know, a little chicken with his head cut off right now until he kind of gets the scheme of things, which I think he's going to pick up very quickly. He's a smart guy too. But right now, you know, he's gambling a lot. And maybe that's something that the Spurs are okay with. Maybe not. But, um, in the majority it costs us on defense eventually down down the play down the uh, the back end of the play so um pagasol's a better player like guys just relax you know he's older but he's he's a better player but i do like i'm and that being said i do like the move all that being said i do like Jakob in the starting lineup because we don't sacrifice size we can still have the length and the defensive uh ability to contest shots at the rim rebound well we don't sacrifice those things with Jakob on the floor but we don't have that high low action that we'd had in the first game Lamarcus Aldridge's high low touches you know they go down a lot because Pau Gasol is a hell of a passer and they have them at that high post a lot of the time so when we're getting that reversal from side to side he can get the ball into LaMarcus if he has him sealed in a good position and vice versa. You know, LaMarcus isn't going to look for uh, Jakob Poto on the block if he's posting up someone. It's just not. It's a different scheme. It's a different game. But so that being said, I liked the, the idea, though. The idea of Jakob in the starting lineup provided us with a different look. All right. So that being said, I liked it. I enjoyed it. But the big, big takeaway from this game was Patty Mills starting at the two guard and pushing DeMar DeRozan down to the three spot, really giving us a versatile look on the perimeter. Now, I would have never in my wildest dreams thought that this would happen. I did. um, I have been talking about it all summer about lineups, and I always said we should go small and we should... um, insert another guard into this lineup but I was always thinking like Marco Bellinelli or Bryn Forbes you know what I mean to kind of step up into these roles 
I would never thought Patty Mills. Patty Mills, since he's been here, has been the backup point guard, and I always thought he was going to retire in that role. But this is showing me a lot. This is showing us that Pop and the and the staff are really willing, are really willing to experiment with lineups. Um, inserting Patty Mills into the starting lineup does one huge thing. It allows more minutes to go to Derek White. Derek White now transitions into the backup point guard role. And we've been all we've all seen it. I mean, I've been calling it all all summer. And so have you guys. I'm sure if you've if you're an avid Spurs fan, you've seen him in the summer league, you've seen him uh pro progress. Um Derek White is ready, so there is no more holding this kid back. I think that's kind of where the Spurs coaches are like, okay, we got to find minutes for this guy. He's got to play, and he plays better with the ball in his hands versus off the ball. We saw that in the summer league when they played in Utah. They experimented a lot with Derek White. They had him playing on the ball and off the ball, and it's just he's such a good passer. He's such a good pick-and-roll player. And he's very poised. He's very even. He never gets too low, never gets too high. He's going to make mistakes, but that's okay. But he's ready to go. Like, this guy needs to see the floor every night. And I think that just goes to show because in the in the, in the pre, in the first preseason game, he comes in for limited minutes and just dominates. I mean, he was out there with DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. And he still dropped, like, six points. He was still aggressive. Like, he's he's ready to go. And I think he he's learned to make his money on the defensive side of the ball so he's not a liability there so that lets him feel free to play on the offensive end um so that move right there was very interesting um because patty is not gonna be the third string point guard on this team he's just not so where do we and he is one of the most important people on this team whether you agree with it or not he's very important so we need to find minutes for this guy um and i have a feeling too and i always thought it was going to be marco bellinelli um but i have a feeling that they sat him down in the office they talked about their roles because at the professional level everybody knows their role it's not a mystery it's not like oh hey you know we'll, we'll see what you can do no everybody has their role and of course they want you to ball out and show what you got on the court and if you have, if you have opportunities take it and whatnot but every person has a role on this team um and i have a feeling they sat down marco bellinelli and was like look you are now our new ginobili like in the terms of i mean no one can be ginobili but in the terms of we're going to bring you off the bench and you're going to give us instant offense, right? You're going to provide instant scoring, shooting, spacing, all these things, all the above um, experience. Um, when the second unit is out there, he's the captain. You know what I mean? Pretty much. He's the one that, that's been around the league. He's gotten it done before. He's a champion. And I, I have a feeling that he's going to be in this role. Not saying that he's going to start. I mean, that he won't start. I mean, even Ginobili started games here and there. Um, or that he has the possibility of starting. I, I don't see that, you know, it can very easily transition to DeJounte Murray, Marco Bellinelli, DeMar DeRozan in the starting lineup and bringing Derek White and Patty Mills um, off the bench. You know, I, I think that's going to be uh, interchangeable because Patty Mills is a combo guard. Now, if you're looking at that game today, which I know a lot of you guys didn't see that Detroit game because it was it wasn't aired, but I did have to, you know, go down to the dark web to find a stream to get it. Um, <clears throat> so but when I was watching Patty Mills and Tony, uh, Patty Mills and DeJounte, 
it really reminded me of George Hill and Tony Parker. There was so there was a few years there where they were both starting um, a lot of games together, and that's because George Hill is a combo guard. Uh, George Hill is a point guard, yes, but he can really play off the ball as well. Not where like Tony is a pure point guard, you know, and that's like Dejounte. Dejounte is a point guard, and the combo is the ability to score and and play point guard and patty mills obviously is a pro at that that's his thing he's he's a scoring guard and he's also a playmaker defender energy builder and all those things but um i think having him at the two guard in this lineup today really busted down the doors to give Derek white opportunity and he took advantage of those opportunities he missed a couple uh, little bunnies but man in the in the i don't know if it was in the second quarter in the second half he just went off i mean this guy this guy's ready like this guy can play it's not a mystery he's good to go he can come off pick and rolls hit jump shots he can get to the rim and finish amongst the trees he can drop dimes he can find the open guy he's not selfish he's willing to defend sacrifice his body for the ball things like that like he's just ready to go so it's time to give him more minutes and that has to be at the backup point guard spot and that means patty mills is going to have to adjust and he's going to be moved around maybe in spots and roles that he's not familiar to but patty's a pro patty mills is a pro he can he can adjust and they're all going to do what's best for the team we also saw rudy gay not start um patty mills subbed in for for rudy gay and uh jacob came in for uh for powell um so that was very interesting and i'll tell you what that starting lineup looked good we didn't feed it into lamarcus um every single time the way we did against miami and the way we did all last season but that's a good thing um we don't need to uh lamarcus doesn't have to carry us this team is well equipped this this um utility belt that the spurs have of of uh talent and skill and the variety of those two things uh is vast i mean we have shooters we have length we have height we have athleticism we have smart ball handlers we have um smart big men athletic big men you know we have shooters um so it's uh, really that the question is defense because i'll tell you what as as much as i love the offense and we dropped 117 points against detroit we need to get better on the defensive end um and that's not and talking about one person in particular that's a lot of guys Bryn Forbes um Jakob Podol uh DeMar DeRozan even you know um we're, I think I think our team defense and the rotations and and things of that nature are the help the help side and 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 helping and recovering and and those things look good but our on-ball defense is kind of suspect. I see a lot of guys getting into the lane, and that's something that's going to take time throughout the season to to get better at, and that's the process. And we have to fall in love with this process. We have to be patient, and we got to know that these things are going to come. But um, Pop said that they're going to figure out who plays well together, and I'm telling you this, I love Rudy Gay, and he's going to be huge for us. I love Pau Gasol. He's super important. But I don't want them in the starting lineup. I've been saying that since uh, since the summer. We have to go small. Lamarcus has to go at the five, or um, I really like the balance of small ball and big man that they did with this lineup with Jakob and, and Lamarcus providing length and athleticism and big men, uh, two two different styles of big men. And then we had we had guards. We had Dejounte. We had uh, a shooter and Patty Mills to space the floor, and. Um, 
and then we you know that allowed for Demar to to have more space to operate as well so you know it's just it's very interesting it's fun this is the fun part and it's just preseason this is barely game two of the season and we're learning so much about this team uh we're learning that we're deep right we're learning that the lineups are going to have to figure themselves out but we have guys on this team veterans that are willing to do what's best for the team in rudy gay and Pau gasol and bellinelli and uh patty mills like all these guys they're they're vets and they they in pop we trust and they know this as well so um that that was very interesting that was one of the big takeaways from this game against Detroit. We're going to talk about DeMar DeRozan and how his first two games have gone as a spur uh, when we get back from the break. So, what are you doing when you're not watching Spurs basketball? Because I'll tell you what we're doing over here at Eavesdrop Studios. We're watching Netflix. We cannot get enough of that original content. Big Mouth just dropped. Season 2. If you haven't seen Big Mouth... It's an adult animated series. You're going to love it. <laughs> Trust me, it's raunchy, right? So it's, it's it's a little bit crazy from here and there, but it's awesome. We're just finishing up our review on Maniac, um, the Jonah Hill and Emma Stone-driven original limited series. Um, there's so much content on Netflix that gets dropped on the reg on a month-to-month basis. We're just trying to cover as much of it as we can and share it with you guys. And we appreciate all the love. So make sure you check out the Red Remote podcast on itunes google play spotify wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at the red remote uh and on youtube we're doing video reviews now i was soon that's right at the red remote uh appreciate y'all sharing the love netflix and chill with us it's not weird it's not weird it's not weird all right now back to the pod Let's talk about DeMar DeRozan and his showing of the la- of the first two games of the season. Um, and I've got one word for you Spurs fans, and you know it well. Patience. It's a process. No one, nobody, veteran, rookie, whatever, comes into San Antonio and just balls out right off the bat. That's it, That just doesn't happen. Guys, we, we all know about the learning curve. We all know that it takes a year to really develop a sense of uh, philosophy and expectations and execution of what's demanded here in San Antonio from the Spurs organization. That's a real thing. That's 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 not a myth. It's it's real. We demand a lot on the defensive end. We uh, demand more execution. We run sets. Uh, Most of the like 90 percent of the NBA is pick and roll um, and spacing. And that's that's pretty much it, you know. But there there are a few teams in this league that run a lot of offensive sets. Um, the Spurs being one of them, Boston, Golden State, um, you know, are two other ones that come to mind. But we execute on the offensive end, and that's a transition for like ninety percent of the league. Okay, like when we got uh, Richard Jefferson in the house, or you know, when we brought in Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, uh, when Kawhi didn't start off a All Star. Um, you know, when uh, <clears throat> whenever we bring in players, you know, uh, it takes time. So I want us to be patient. I don't want us to start hitting the panic button on DeMar DeRozan because he's average. He's scored single digits in his first two games. That's not a big deal. What I'm looking at is 
I can see him overthinking things, and that's normal, especially in the preseason. He's trying to do the right thing, and so many times do we bring in players and Pop starts, you know, talking about they're overthinking and they need to just play. And but yeah, I mean that's easy for him to say because he's been in the same system for so long. But you know, it's a real thing. These guys come in, they don't want to go against the grain. They 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 overcompensate in this area with. They want to do the right thing. They want to make the extra pass. It's a Spurs way. They want to do, you know, but it takes time. And that's what the regular season is for. And and I guarantee you it's going to take about 20 to 40 games, maybe until the All-Star break before DeMar DeRozan actually feels comfortable in figuring out where he's going to fit in. Because he's a big part of what we do. We know that. We know that he's going to be able to score 20 plus points a game. He's just now got to figure out how he's going to do that. Where is he going to do that? What are the times um, that are best for him to take over in those areas? What time is it best to make that extra pass, to dump it down to LaMarcus Aldridge? He showed tonight against Detroit that he's a hell of a passer. Um, so I think he's going to have a lot of fun in this system because passing opportunities are going to be there for either in pick and roll, extra passes, skip passes, or, or penetrating dishes or whatever. Um, those opportunities are going to be there. And we just got to be patient and understand that it's going to take him time just the way it takes everyone else time. And, um, you know, give him 20 to 40 games before you start criticizing the guy. He's ultra talented. He's an all-star. He's an MVP candidate last year. He's got game. There's no question about that. He's not forgetting how to play by coming to San Antonio. Okay, just relax. It's going to take time. And you'll see DeMar and even better DeMar in time. But we have to be patient and let the guy work let him learn let him focus i can see him really focusing in on the defensive side of the ball more than probably he ever has in san antonio uh, against miami um he had a couple steals a couple really good steals a couple steals that that he got in passing lanes or got off of uh, the rotations on helps on the defensive side not really on ball steals like Dejounte murray's is is capable of getting he just picks your pocket or or just kind of makes you do something dumb and and gets that ball and goes down the other end DeMar DeRozan was getting steals off of team defensive uh, team defensive philosophies from San Antonio. So you can tell that's where his effort is. That's where his focus is. We know he can score the ball. He doesn't need to be coming into preseason games and thinking, I got to drop 20 points. No, that's the wrong mentality. He's got to come into this preseason thinking, all right, I need to learn. I need to practice on these things that I need to work on, not just do what I'm good at. That's the difference between championship um, players, teams, and, and coaching staffs, and a championship attitude, and actually in life, um, not just on the basketball court, but working on what you're not good at, realizing that you have some weaknesses, and trying to improve on those things. It's not just come in here, oh, I'm, I'm good at this one thing, so let me just do this one thing. That's how people get stereo. That's how people get stereotyped in this league. That's how players end up staying in the league for about three or four years and then leaving. You ever realize that? That like the average NBA career is only like six, seven seasons? You know what I mean? It's very rare when we get players like Manu and these guys that come into San Antonio and stick around for over 10 years because we provide that type of mentality um, uh, leadership. You know, like we, we, we're, co we're our coaches, our coaches, we're our developmental um, coaching staff and program aren't just on the court. It's mental as well. And you have to have that mindset that, OK, I know I can score 20 points a game. 
but I need to be a better defender. I need to f figure out ways that I can help this team. And 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 besides scoring, scoring I'm good at. I've been doing it already for nine years. I'm I'm good. So just be patient with this guy. He's gonna figure it out. Don't hit the panic button just because you're seeing Kawhi over there in Toronto. Oh, I hate seeing Kawhi highlights. Oh, I hate seeing Kawhi highlights, but I look at him anyway. Is that bad? Is that a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I see him dropping like 18 points in 20 minutes and whatnot. I'm like, fuck this guy. Fuck shit. And, um, you know, anyways, but I'm moving on. I'm moving forward. And you know what? Now that I say that, I got to say this. I just tweeted out to DeMar DeRozan apologizing um, on behalf of all of us, Spurs Nation, for the media guys still asking him about Toronto and how he's transitioning and 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 Kyle Lowry and and I know we played we played against Detroit and Dwayne Casey was there who was his former coach is now the head coach of Detroit so they had a little bit of you know a little powwow going but but god man let's move forward let's move forward I, I think DeMar is ready to move forward I think we're all ready to move forward from on both sides of this thing let's worry about what's in front of us and the things that we can control versus the things that we can't control all right and that's this season that's getting better every single game which we obviously got better from game one to game two of the preseason and there's going to be lows we have to know that there's going to be lows uh, in this season and we're gonna have to weather those storms but I mean man we came out firing tonight I mean dropped 117 points 37 points in the first quarter that just goes to show you that the lineup experimentation is going to be um, ongoing um you know, I would, I would say throughout the season, there's only three guaranteed starters. There's only three guaranteed starters. DeJounte, DeMar, LaMarcus, DJ, DD, and uh, LA. And that's it. Those three guys are cemented. Everyone else, we're going to figure this thing out. And let's not forget, like, we're trying to figure out the lineups, the best lineups for our bench as well. You know, which opportunities are we going to provide our bench to do well? Like, Rudy Gay came in off the bench, did fantastic you know what I mean? Derek White had more opportunities and played very well. Uh, Davis Bertans had a little bit more um, of, a, of a back role um, than he did in game one. But in game one, he played really well. And when he played in his minutes in this game, he was ready. And that's the thing that our team understands is that, look, when your number's called, just be ready. And and we'll succeed together that way. Um yeah, so let's be patient with DeMar. Let's not hit that panic button just yet. It's going to be a fun ride to watch him uh, learn and develop because he's a hell of a player. Okay, we're going to take a quick break to talk about where you can find and follow all the different types of content that a Bucking Spurs podcast is giving you guys. We're not just on the podcast. We're not just a podcast anymore. No, sir. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll talk about Game 1 uh, uh, against Miami and the comparisons between Game 1 and Game 2 against Detroit when we get back from the break. A Bucking Spurs podcast is brought to you by eavesdropstudios.com. Make sure that you go and check out everything that we do is there on that website. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Pod. On Instagram at Bucking Spurs Podcast, we're posting a lot of content on Instagram. We just started doing reviews and stuff like that on uh, YouTube. Make sure that you follow us and subscribe on YouTube. I'm doing film breakdowns and giving you guys a little bit of in-depth analysis over maybe what you don't notice uh, 
on uh, on our Spurs highlights and you know some of the defensive things that we need to work on, offensive things that that we that we sometimes overlook. So I'm breaking that stuff down. I love breaking down film. I'm a coach at heart, so I do it anyway. Might as well do it for my Spurs nation and my Bucking Spurs uh, podcast fans. So go ahead and check that out on YouTube. And, of course, you can get the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. It's on YouTube as well. You can check us out there. So we appreciate all the love, Spurs Nation. It's going to be one hell of a season, one hell of a ride. And, like always, go Spurs go. So breaking down the film, which I started breaking down film on YouTube, uh, you can start following um, us on YouTube at a Buck and Spurs podcast. <clears throat> we have some film breakdowns. I'm going to be doing those throughout the season, and I started breaking down the Miami game. I was going to break down this game against Detroit, but because I had to stream it, the film quality was like 720. <laughs> it was it was it was trash and and. As much as I want to do it, I think it's a eyesore to look at. Um, so I might just have to. I don't know. You guys tweet at me at Bucking Spurs Pod or get get at me on Instagram if you want me to do it anyway. Because um, I love doing that. I love breaking down film for you guys. Um, so, but game one. Let's talk about game one against Miami. We looked. We looked okay. Like you know, we didn't come out firing the way we did against Detroit. Um, we looked all right. There was a lot of high-low game. We went big. We saw a lot of the same things that we saw last year, which honestly is not something I want to see. I know we were still good last year, and, and we made the playoffs and won 47 games, but we struggled. Every night was like a dogfight to score the ball, and that's how the Miami game went. I'm looking at the score, and we're up by five or six. I'm like, how the hell are we up by five or six? Hassan Whiteside is having his way with us. DeMar DeRozan is getting beat off the dribble um, by Goran Dragic. Um, you know what I mean? We're allowing uh, not just DeMar, but but Bellinelli. And, and even uh, DeJounte had a little trouble with some of these guys. But uh, defensively, you know, we're allowing players into the lane. And, and that's it's just game one. I'm not I'm not over over, you know, reacting. But that's what game one looked a lot like. It looked a lot like last year. It's like, OK, we went back. We started off with what's comfortable we started off with our same starting lineup you know we started off with some of our same um rotations off our bench patty came off first you know demarco bellinelli came out it's just familiar 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 things that we trust and we didn't look too good to be honest i mean there were there were there were uh, runs like in the beginning of the second quarter where our starting five looked really good but i would say in the whole first quarter we didn't look good and maybe that was just like butterflies and whatnot um and I'm okay with that, you know, but I'm just saying game one was a very different game from game two. We saw a lot of high-low action in game one. We saw um, very limited transition. We saw, um, and we hit some threes, yes, but we also didn't take many. I felt like Rudy Gay came out to play, so that was a that was a huge plus. Um, we saw that Derek White is ready. We saw that DeJounte is ready. We saw that it's going to take time with DeMar. That Lamarcus is Lamarcus, and all you got to do is give this guy the ball, and he's going to be able to give you twenty points. Um, he's very, he's uh, he's recognizing double teams very well and kicking out to shooters, but we just got to have shooters there. Um, you know, Pau Gasol really does put a clunk in that idea. Um, if you look on our film breakdown uh, on YouTube, we saw a lot of Pau Gasol at the top of the key, um, which is a great 
position to have him in for a few purposes. Um, but I feel like in the terms of picking up the pace, he's going to try his best to run the floor. And I think he's gonna, he can do it. But at the same time, it's not the same as if you were to have a guard or Davis Bertans or someone who can really get out there and go. And that's just a fact, you know. And um, it really depends on who we're playing on our matchups. Uh, but, you know, game one was very similar to last year. And this game two against Detroit was kind of what we expected to see this year. A lot of shooting, a lot of depth. Um a lot of a variety of lineups, and I think that's going to keep um, other teams on their heels. They're they're not going to be able to really. Uh, it's going to be a struggle for them to try and keep up with our lineups. Okay, who's on the floor? Who's not on the floor? You know, knowing all of our personnel. I mean, um, I think Bryn Forbes is is kind of starting off slow, but I know that he's gonna he's gonna hit his stride at some point in this season. Um, if you saw him at the at the Spurs open practice, he started off like four for four. And, and JJ Redick went 10, 10 for 10 today in China. I'm like, dude, just copy and paste that game <laughs> into your into your hard drive and do the same thing because they're they, he has a he has a very good shot at being that type of player. He's just he's just he's a freaking sniper. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's 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 good, you know, and then we're in the limited time that we see Dante Cunningham and uh, and uh, Pondexter. They look good. You know what I mean? They, they don't look bad at all. So, you know, we have the depth, you know, and it's just game two really showed that compared to game one. Um, but it's not time to panic. That is going to do it for us here at a Bucking Spurs podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. And uh, we're going to do a review, another podcast episode after we play the Rockets on Sunday. So stay tuned. Like always, we're serving up the nasty and go Spurs go. I want some nasty.